0: Welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to discover how traditional business owners are leveraging the power of being a published author to grow their business. Get ready to discover practical and proven ways to enhance your reputation, build trust, and establish authority by authoring your own short, helpful book. On every episode, you'll hear from guest Main Street Authors who have successfully authored, published, and leveraged their own book and want you to do the same. Now, here's your host of the Main Street Author Podcast, Mike Capuzzi.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author Podcast, the place to inspire local business owners to author, publish, and leverage their own short, helpful books, or shooks as I call them. Today, I'm pleased to be able to have a conversation with a longtime friend, Larry Weinstein. Larry is a CPA in Texas, and he's known as the tax terminator and the CPA for lawyers. He has worked with hundreds of individuals, business, and professional practice owners through the years, helping them to legally lower their taxes while staying compliant with the IRS rules and regulations. He's also the author of at least 15 books, because I know he's working on a few more as we speak. Larry, Welcome to the Main Street Author Podcast.
2: Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm a big fan of you, what you've done, and, and your new book, The 100-Page Book. You did a great job on that. Well, Thanks for having me on.
1: Well, thank you. And, and you and I go pretty far back. I mean, I'm thinking at least 10 years of you know going to marketing events and seeing each yes. other. And so uh, yeah, I, I and appreciate it.
2: Yeah, and there was a the day freeze event. We were in Arizona once. Oh, geez. I remember
1: that. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, wow. Anyway, we could we could sit and reminisce for probably a, a few hours, but uh, I I know you're busy. So, Larry, just I, I gave a short description, but um, why don't you just tell folks a little bit more about your business?
2: Sure, Mike. Uh, I'm a CPA. I'm based in Houston, Texas, and I do uh, the traditional things such as accounting and uh, tax preparation. Uh, I also have developed a specialty in what I would call strategic tax minimization, working with uh, uh, taxpayers, mostly businesses and professional practices, to legally lower their taxes and uh, in addition i've got a specialty I, I work with people that are kind of a different sub uh, different clientele, but people that have gotten into some type of problem with the IRS solving those IRS problems. but everything I do mostly is is tax related in in one way, shape or form. very good.
1: And what I, you know, the way we know each other is through, like like you said, events and marketing events. And I, I know you are a serious student of marketing, which is why, you know, you've written so many books. I mean, I don't know too many CPAs and folks in your line of business that have authored double digit, you know, a number of books. So I want to talk about that today, but I'd like you to kind of start off by, you know, going back to when that first book was written. What was really the number one reason, Larry, you wanted to invest the time, energy, and money into becoming a book author.
2: Yeah, well, I think I started studying serious marketing in the mid-2000s, around 2004, 2005, and I wanted to write a book uh, for for the reasons that I'm using it now, is to build credibility and authority. Um, I was following Dan Kennedy at the time uh, very seriously, and I had started a book uh, and I went to a Ben Glass event who he teaches uh, lawyers how to do good, smart, effective, ethical marketing. And, and I know you had him on, on your podcast, but I wanted to build up credibility and authority. Frankly, as you said, hardly anybody in our profession has done anything of the sort, have, have written any books. Uh, as I like to say all the time, the bar is set very low. As a matter of, a matter of fact, it's kind of like laying on the ground. So all you have to do is kind of step over it. I never intended to sell any books. Uh, selling books is a terrible way to, to make a living. And uh, I've told a bunch of my colleagues along the way that, I, that I've that i written books and, and I get the books printed and I, I, I put them in shock and awe packages and it cost me about 20 bucks to get it out the door. And my colleagues, they go, you're spending $20 um, on somebody that's not even your client? I don't understand. I was like, yeah, I know. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's a terrible idea. Don't do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. Actually, I was just uh, talking to a, another business owner this morning who's putting together a really nice little shock and awe package around uh, his book. You know, I call them wow packages. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's funny you say that. That's sort of that mentality, unfortunately, that a lot of business owners have. They're short-sighted. They don't realize the lifetime value of a new client, what it could be worth, and really kind of do the math backwards. But you have figured it out, which is why you have been so prolific with all the books that you've written. So why don't you sort of describe – I mean, I know you have a lot of them, but I'd like to hear more because I'm not even aware of most of them. You know, kind of the, the subjects and why you wrote uh, a few of those.
2: Sure. Um the first book that I wrote, it, it took me like a year. I didn't know what I was doing, and that had to do with uh, tax problems. And that book was the official taxpayers' guide to solving your IRS tax problem. It took me a year, starting and stopping. I even brought in a, a ghostwriter to do it, and it was just terrible. And I, I kind of cut, went back to basics and really rewrote the book and finished it. It took me about a year. Obviously, not forty hours a week, but it took a long time. And then once I had that, it's like, well. I've only got one book. I've got a, I'm going to use that in my shock and awe package. So if I send out that book, you know, I've given everything that I've got. So I follow that up with the, uh, a shorter book, the 10 common mistakes taxpayers make when beginning to solve their IRS tax problem. And that book is like more like 40 or 50 pages versus 100 or 125 pages. So I, I, I use them for lead generation and also something for the, As you call it a wow package, I call it a shock and awe package. And I did I did a similar thing on the on the strategic tax planning side. I wrote the official business owners guide to selecting the right entity for your business. And once I finished that book, that's that's the one that's authoritative. And I did a real good job on that. And then I followed that up. uh, The lead generation for that part of the practice is nine mistakes business owners make that cause them to overpay their taxes. Now I will tell you the first book took a year. The second book took me about two months. And, and the difference between the two, and, and I can uh, make some suggestions to your audience, is you need to sit down and you need, you need to plan out the outline of what it is that you want to cover. Because I thought about that for several months before I started writing. But once I came up with the outline, it became very easy to write that second book. I just had to fill in the blanks of, of the different chapters and the 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 topics that were included in each of those chapters
1: yeah and and we'll touch upon that in a second um sure and 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 you were kind enough to mention my latest book the 100 page book where i i do exactly that i give readers and i call it my recipe an exact recipe for a 100 page customer attraction book so you are 100 percent right larry the most efficient and effective way to get started with a book is to do a little bit of planning. Who am I writing this to, which you already know in your case, and then what am I sharing? What's the big idea behind it, and then what are the five, seven, ten things I want to share in this book? So, you know, planning is, is definitely a critical first step, but uh, we'll talk about that more in a second. Let's go back to you know, sort of what happened after you sort of, you stepped over that low bar as you described. So you became a published book author. Then you became a, a, a multi-book author. Did it do what you thought it was going to do, Larry, when it came to building credibility and differentiating your practice and all that good stuff?
2: Oh, yes. At the time, I was I was using it more for lead generation than I than I am now. I need to get back into that but, and, and using it in the shock and awe package. But there was like, I was thinking about this, knowing that we were going to be talking is that there was a bit of a boost and I don't know what to call it, a boost to my self-esteem. You, you thought, I thought a little bit better of myself because I had done it. Uh, I was like, you know, it's like, cause we all, we always have the self-doubt. Everybody does. It's like, you know, I really do know what I'm talking about. I put that down and uh, nobody else has really done that. So yeah, I felt a lot better about myself and, and, and it gives you a little bit more confidence, I guess, is, is the, the key word I would say.
1: You mentioned about you use it in shock and all packages lead generation, mm-hmm. and these are all very you know effective ways, in my opinion, for a main street business owner, which is what you are, right? You're essentially a local business owner that has you know local clientele, mm-hmm. and you know, do you have clientele outside of your 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 community?
2: Yes, I do. do you? Um, for a long time, I've been local, but I'm starting to expand out now with the internet and and things such as that. And uh, the other thing that I was going to point out that now that I've got multiple books, when I when I get a lead, uh, I say, do you mind if I put something in the mail to you? I wrote I wrote a little book I'd like you to have. And I will put in two, sometimes three books in there. Now, to my way of thinking, none of my colleagues have written a single book. Now they're getting two and three books from me. So that really helps with uh, the conversion factor that, you know, at that point, you are, uh, as Ben Glass would say, yeah, I'm the expert at the top of the mountain. So who else are they going to talk to? They're going to talk to the person that wrote the book.
1: Absolutely. I, I And by the way, I do the same exact thing. I have a nice little shock and all slash wow package. And now the 100-page book is actually the third book. So I just sent some out this week to some prospects. And I put all three because all three are slightly different and have a different focus. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's a, you know, most people have to get that first one done, but then once that's done and you figure out a good formula, a good recipe, then doing what you did, Larry, which is seeing specific needs, specific topics, you could write a short book. And I, I, it sounds like all your books are relatively shorter books, right? hundred pages or less.
2: Yeah. I think my long, longest book is like 125 or 150 pages. And I think that's perfectly fine for the for the the more authoritative books, I mean the more substantive books, and then the uh, the the lead generation are usually around fifty pages and um, back in the day, the reason I started doing fifty pages or thereabouts or uh, forty five pages is because the the printer they had to have so many pages yes. before they could perfect bind them yes they, so they wouldn't have to be saddle stitched yep.
1: yep and and I assume all your books are are they all printed books.
2: Yeah, I've got a few of them that I'm using online, uh, that are PDFs, but my intention all day, every day was to have a printed book because there's nothing like somebody having a printed book in their hand to set you up as an authority. It's just not the same thing. Hey, Mike, um, just, just so you know, I, I, I wrote this book and, um, can I email it over to you? <laughs> How many of us have uh, special reports, yeah. uh books and stuff that we downloaded and they're somewhere hidden on our hard drive. We don't know where they are, but the thing is the book we're trained from little kids. We can't throw away books and we also we respect authors. I mean the first six uh letters in the word authority is author. So yeah, most all of the time uh, I'm sending out um you know, a hard copy of the book,
1: and it's and it's really hard to sign a, a you know autograph a, a PDF. I, I haven't it really I, I haven't figured that one out either, but uh it really uh, is. Yeah. So, all right. So you mentioned the shock and all packages. Is there any other? Because most you know most folks listening to this are local business owners. Some have a global audience, and I really believe there's some unique opportunities for you know using printed books. Is there any other way, Larry? you are using your books to uh attract new clients
2: mostly like i told like i said lead generation and then building credibility and authority and that and that's what,
1: go a little further when you say lead generation i mean you and i know what that means but are yeah. you tell me a little bit more how you're lead generating with your books
2: it it could it could be uh advertising it could be direct mail hey uh raise your hand let me know and i'll send you this uh, new book that i just wrote and and for the listeners uh, for, for people that have, uh, and I know you know, Jeff, uh, a, a mattress store or a plumber, uh, the seven things you need to know about blankety blank, and that could be the title of your book. In other words, what problem do you solve for your clients? So that's the way to write the book. And, and yeah, you need to know who you're writing for, but you need to know what your intention is too. What are you trying to get them to do? Or you want to intrigue them in some way. And by the way, for the listeners, the title of your book in the marketing world, we call that a headline so um th- that's something that's important to know is to have a good title for the book um so that they would be interested in reading the book It would be com- something compelling uh, f- for them
1: yep it's a it really is a step by step process i mean you've got to know who the big idea then the t- you know there's so much you know so many steps, which is why you know i I created the recipe I created but You know, I want to just kind of dive a little bit deeper because what you shared is very so powerful. I mean, I always say that when you become a book author as a a Main Street business owner, it allows you to elevate your style of marketing. You can create more sophisticated marketing. You can create marketing that is different than every other CPA in your town, which I'm sure you have some competition. So what you just shared, Larry, which is I'm marketing my book first. I call that a book-centric book centric or a shook centric marketing strategy. So it's about yes. get my you know have tax problems, get my book. Have IRS problems, get my book. Versus the strategy most CPAs are doing, which is hey, I've been in practice twenty years, and this is here are the five bullets of the things I do.
2: Which you know they all sort of blend in. Any comments on that? People don't care about that. They they only care about themselves. What are the what what are their problems? You got to speak to their problems. Yeah you're right. You're absolutely right. And the other thing is for the rest of your life and all of your marketing, you, you, not just, I'm a CPA, I'm a plumber or whatever. I'm the author of that. Also, that also, I think, elevates you just a bit.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, again, and, and you know, even people who've written books, you've got to remind them myself included, like you've got to remember that, like you went through that energy investment, that time money investment, promote it that way, you know? So, uh, um, it's It's critical, so I think I probably know the answer, but in the realm of all the marketing that you do because i'm I'm sure you have a lot of different good marketing assets and systems that you've built for your practice, where do your books rank as far as importance and value in your business?
2: Uh, I'd rank it right up at the top i um, I, I use them pretty regularly, and it, it's interesting. Uh, I'm working on another book right now another couple of books, actually. But um, I've got to start. Uh, sometimes you kind of get away from what works and, and I, I am using them, but I need to make a concerted effort. And I appreciate the opportunity uh, when you reached out to me to ask me to be a guest. It's like it got me to think. And it's, it, it's like sometimes, you know, people get value the way they get value, the way that they get value, I guess I could say. So it's got me to think and to, to start using the book even more that uh, it is quite the competitive advantage. It's It's a very... Very strong marketing asset. Um, it's not like advertising that when you quit doing it, the the result goes away or like pay-per-click or something like that. It's something that's out there and that uh, once you give it to one of your clients or potential clients that um, – it stays on their desk. I guess the other thing I didn't mention, but now would be a good time, is that another way I use the books is I give them away through through referral sources so that they can give them. And I think Dan Kennedy calls that sell-through marketing because I'm selling through others. I can give them to my referral partners to give out to their clients. And I also give them out to my clients to give out if you've got any family or friends that think that, you know, they might be interested in this book. Give this book out to them. Let me know if you need some more, or just have them call me, and I'll I'll give them their own copy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very smart strategy, and it's relatively inexpensive at that point to. It really is. You know, include a second or third book. Um, they, they make it. They make for an excellent referral device. As a matter of fact, you mentioned Jeff, Jeff Gianakovo, the the mattress retailer who I do work with, who's also a business partner in a business. But uh, we were just having a conversation the other day for mattress retailers, and he has developed, with my help, a very cool referral book. It's designed to be a referral tool specifically, and it's a mm. little printed book. And uh, you know, so being you know very thoughtful and intentional like that but you know and he said you know it's funny he almost echoed echoed the same words larry about hey you know when i spend money on advertising or i spend money on digital marketing once that money's gone is you know uh, i i really don't have a whole lot to show for it but you have a printed book um it, it, you know it's something that can be used over and over again and i'm sure some of your older books you know without really having to do much updating other than maybe some you know updates to the tax code or whatever sure you're able to leverage that asset that was created years ago.
2: Yeah. And I was going to say that, that the only additional cost is periodically they have to be updated. And of course I, I don't want to send out a book with a copyright from 10 years ago when I update it, I can update the copyright date as well. And then the other, the other thing we haven't really spoken about is back in the day when I got started, you had to order a pretty decent quantity of books to, um, to get a decent price. Now you can order, if I can mention names for like $2 and 15 cents from uh Kindle direct publishing um, for a quantity of one. So you don't have to have, you know, uh, 500 books in your uh, garage trying to get rid of them. <laughs> well, listen again, excellent
1: point. My first book from in 2007, I ordered three thousand of them because I wanted to get a to get to the price point I had to get to right. So right. three thousand that's a lot of books. And uh, you're right. Today you can order as little as one book. And I always kind of suggest to my clients that I, I like, you know, ordering them in batches of about a hundred. You know, to mm-hmm. your point of not you know kind of getting back on the the horse and using them again. I always sort of challenge my clients like, listen, thirty a month. Try to at least use up thirty books a month, one a day. You can mm-hmm. do that. And whether it's, you know, ten at a referral event and you know, five here and one here, but I think, you know, and I'm I'm actually speaking to you and challenging you now, like you you know, you just gotta get back on that horse and say, Listen, this book sitting on you know, these boxes of books sitting in my closet aren't doing your prospective clients an ounce of good. They need That's it right. in their hands That's in right. order to understand how they can solve their problems. So you've got to get it out there. You got to do everything you can to get it out there.
2: Yeah, that should be a, a kind of one of the metrics. And I don't know what the statistics would be, but I'm sure we can figure out what the statistics are for every a percentage. You know, if I send out a hundred books, I'm going to get so many clients out of it, the, the, a key performance indicator, some, something like that. Eventually we can come up with those numbers. Good point. Thank you. Well, listen, hey. You, I got to start doing it more. You, I'm, I'm I'm, doing it. Just I need to start doing it more it's, well, for sure.
1: You said you're in mastermind groups. I mean, this is the part of, mm-hmm. you know, sort of we're quasi-masterminding right now. I mean, you yes. always need to be around other smart business owners to sort of spur you on, remind you what you ought to be doing. I'm no different. Trust me. But um, I mean, listen, obviously, you, it's been effective for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be you know making the investment you've made to publish so many books. So but let's shift back to our listeners and you know there's probably some folks listening to this who you know they want to do a book, they'd like to do a book but they haven't started doing a book. Any practical advice Larry on how to get that first book done?
2: Well, first I think you can, you need to come up we talked about this. You need to come up with the intention, what are you trying to do and you have to know uh, about the your target market and what it is that they're interested in. Then I would um like we talked about, put together a really good outline, it makes book, it makes writing the book so much easier. And then just start doing it, sit down, and you got to block out the time, you're not going to sit down and write the book from start to finish in one sitting, there's no doubt about that. Um, You need to chunk it down into time. Uh, One of the things that I've started doing is, there's two things. One, I'm taking, I'm making a book right now, that are a series of videos that I did about a year ago, that when I pre- created the videos, I had the text files, um, I had them, them transcribed so I could get the SRT, the caption files and the text files. So now I'm getting the text files edited into a book, which is pretty, pretty sharp, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm still having to edit it because mm-hmm. you don't speak the same way that you write. And, um, and that's gonna, that's a book that's going to be uh, released here in the next, hopefully a few weeks. I'm, I'm having to, I had an editor, but I'm having to go back and re-edit it again. It's, it's never, you know, the way it is in your voice. And then the other thing I'll, I'll share, like a, I guess, a, a little trick, is um, I'm using on my phone and on my iPad. There's an app called Simple Note, and I can push the button and just start talking, and it it, uh, it it records it and it transcribes it. And then I go onto Simple Note on the internet, and I can see the note. I hit Control A to highlight everything. I hit control C to copy it and then I go into a Word document and I paste it in. That's a, that's a really slick way of doing it. Um, the other thing I, I would suggest to people is this is, this took a while for me to learn is you have to write first and then you have to go back and edit. It's an impossible task to write and edit at the same time. It's two different things. And th- the point is if you try to edit as you write, it really slows you down totally. Don't worry about it. Just get it down on paper first and you can edit it later yourself or you can hire an editor. And other than that, just get started. Just get started.
1: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because if if anyone's listened to other episodes of the Main Street Author Podcast, you've heard a number of authors suggest the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, do not expect perfection the first go around. It is an iterative process. Get the thoughts down, plan it, whether you write it, whether you, tra- you know, talk it out. There's so many different ways, but these days, but, you know, get it out and then, you know, go back and clean it up, hire a copy editor, hire an editor, whatever it might be. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Ex- excellent advice. Excellent advice. Yeah,
2: it took it took me a while to figure that one out. <laughs> it's like once, once you figure it out, it's like things go a lot faster. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yes. So... Which leads me to this next question, and maybe you've already kind of maybe this you've already answered this, but again, after publishing, authoring, publishing fifteen books, is there any like big mistake or anything you'd want to warn people about? I think your you know your writing and editing one is a good one. Is there anything else, Larry, you'd want to you know list, offer to our listeners, you know, like sort of speed bumps or or just things to be careful of?
2: Yeah, there's a couple of books that I wrote uh, in anticipation of going into like a little bit of a different niche or. Um, Area and it, it, that never really worked out. And maybe I should have done a little bit more work there before I spent the time writing the book. But um, that would be one thing. And uh, the, the, a big thing is start out by writing the outline. I mean, the second book that I wrote, it was all about uh, that was the one that was the official business owner's guide to selecting the right entity for your business. And when I say I outlined it, I thought about it for about probably four months and then, then it just kind of came to me. So there's the different business entities that someone can operate in. It's like sole proprietorship, Mm -hmm. general partnership, limited partnership, C corporation, S corporation, that type of thing. It's like, okay. So now what I did is I came up with a series of questions for each of them, what it is, who's taxed, how it's taxed, what taxes, who is it best for? Who is it not best for those types of things. And once I came up with those questions, then it was really simple to fill in the blanks. So that's why I talk about the outline. That book went relatively quickly because I, after I had the questions all answered, I just filled in the blanks. So the, the big questions that you have are really your chapters and then you have sub-questions. Um, another, another way that you can write the book is you can come up with those questions and you can have uh, a friend or colleague interview you, mm-hmm. ask you those questions, you answer them in complete full sentences, record the interview, get it transcribed. And then all you need to do is go back and to strike out the questions. You don't care about the questions. You care about the answers. And that's the, that's the beginning of your book. Mm -hmm. That's a really slick way of doing that. Yep. Yep. And I love what
1: you shared about, you know, you did some of the videos a year ago. I mean, so many people create excellent content in different formats, like you just mentioned video. Uh, I know folks that have blogs that they 've you know written for for years. I mean, you know what do you need? ten, fifteen, twenty blog articles makes up a book so think about it doesn 't always have to be about staring at a blank screen. Um, there are other ways to potentially leverage content videos, blog posts, interviews, you know workshops that you may have done but If it's content that can help a specific person either achieve a specific goal or fix a specific problem, chances are you have a good short helpful book in you. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that.
2: Yeah. And I'll be honest, back in the day when I recorded those videos, I did not record those with the intention, but I was Mm -hmm. answering, I did about 40 videos in a couple of days. And there was about 25 of the videos where I was speaking about the strategic tax minimization process, you know, answering a whole bunch of questions. And it wasn't until a little later, it's like those, those books, those uh, videos and those transcriptions, they're all on the same topic. That's a book right there. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on right now. The book is something Uh, this working title is frequently asked questions about the strategic tax minimization process. And uh, now that I've learned that um, I'm going to do some more videos. I haven't decided on what yet, but with the intention knowing in advance that I'm going to use this for some, some other book project.
1: Very good. And by the way, those videos, what, you know, can be an excellent bonus opt in bonus for books, Book readers, so Mm -hmm. again, another way of kind of leveraging my you know our 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 joint friend Jeff. He always says using all parts of the pig, so you know don't don't uh, don't don't let that stuff go to waste, or don't think you just can use it once. So yeah,
2: yeah, and one of the things I mean, you did such a great job on on your book, and I've written a number of books, but I went through your book and, and I got some really good ideas. I love the way you have the call to action on the very first page. And on the very last page, because I remember our our mutual uh, mentor, Dan Kennedy, talking about he was always going through a traditional publisher. So they always let him put a call to action, but it wasn't to the end of the book. And he was always complaining that hardly anybody finished the book so they don't see the call to action. He always wanted to put it in the front of the book so he could be sure that they saw it. But I don't think they were ever real keen on that idea. I like what you've done there. I like there's a right near the end. It's like, What's next? You know, what what do we need to do next? How do we continue our relationship? That's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, on that topic, these books, your books, my books, Shook's, Short Helpful Books, they are conversation starters. And if somebody's interested in what you have to say, and they have an IRS problem, a tax problem, and, you know, they've read Larry's book, and and they like what he has to say, they want to know what the next step is. They want Mm -hmm. you, you need to tell them. Place a call. Go here. Do this. Don't just leave it up to the reader to decide the next step. Articulate very specifically what that next step should be. And you know, and again, the kind of books you and I are writing, Larry, they are direct response sales tools, right? These yes. aren't these aren't going to be New York Times bestsellers. These aren't going to be you know a Pulitzer Prize winning book. They are meant to help somebody with a specific problem or achieve a specific goal and then go to the next step. So thank you for uh thank you for uh that those kind words. So
2: yes, so something else something else that comes to mind. One of the uh one of the objections that a lot of people have or a lot of professionals, let's just say a lot of my colleagues or maybe lawyers as well because we're kind of in the knowledge business is like if I share all my knowledge then they're going to take that information and they're not going to hire me. Well, I thought, I I honestly thought about that for a long time myself, but I read somebody, somebody had written a book and they made mention of that and they said, look, the truth of the matter is there's no secrets out there. All the information, all the knowledge is out there on the internet anyway. It might, it might as well be you that is sharing the knowledge in the form of a book. And I don't know what the statistics might be. Let's just say 10% of the people will read the book and they would contact you and hire you 90% of the people will take your information and try to do it themselves but if those people were never going to be your clients or customers anyway and that but you're not telling the whole story and it's not because you're not trying to i can't put everything i know in a 100 page book or 150 page book or even a 500 page book you know what i'm saying um so don't don't be afraid to give out your best uh, your best information. That's that's a, that's another writer downer, I believe.
1: Yep, no, hundred percent agreement. I mean, literally, someone could take my book, the hundred page book, and go write their own hundred page book and never let me know about it. And and mm-hmm. and I know that, and I know that happens. But mm-hmm. like you said, I'm you know trying to attract the person who realizes the shortcuts and value I bring to the equation. And says you know what, it's more efficient for me to work with Mike. so
2: yeah I mean I mean yeah, you want people to go God, this is a lot of information. This is like <laughs> okay. this guy obviously knows what he's talking about, and I don't want to mess it up I, or, or either I don't want to mess it up or I don't want to take the time to learn it yeah you know I'll just pay this guy to do it and get it done okay. and get it done right, right So absolutely okay.
1: All right, Larry well listen, this has been awesome. Why don't you just share uh, how people can learn more about you? where can they, where can they find your books? and all that good stuff.
2: Uh the best way is is my website is taxterminatorhq.com. taxterminatorhq.com.
1: Good. And we'll uh we'll get that into the show notes. And I obviously links to your books are there or do they have to go Amazon or where can they get
2: your yeah, books? Yeah, th- there's a couple of the books that are there. Okay, very good.
1: Well, Larry, this has been great. I love talking to a serious student of marketing and, 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 and an accomplished gentleman like yourself. And I appreciate, as I mentioned, your kind words about my most recent book. So thank you very much for your time today.
2: Hey, keep up the good work, Mike. You did a really good job. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. I've had a great time talking with you. All right, Larry. And I've learned a few things.
1: Well, I hope so. And I you know I have a couple little thoughts I wrote down too. So thank you very much.
2: Okay, thanks.
0: You've just listened to another insightful episode of the Main Street Author podcast. If you've been on the fence about writing your own book, there's no better time than now to become a Main Street author. To learn more, visit MainStreetAuthor.com. That's MainStreetAuthor.com. And while you're there, schedule a complimentary strategy session with Mike to discuss your book ideas. See you next time. And remember, you can do this.